0: Hi, and welcome to Promo Insiders, an ASI media podcast that covers the issues that matter most to the promotional products industry. I'm Chris Ruvo for ASI, and today we'll be discussing one of the biggest challenges confronting the promotional products industry, and that's supply chain disruption. Disruption that's led to everything from lack of inventory depth to higher product prices. My guest today is an expert on the topic. He's Jeff Nannis, president and CEO of AAA Innovations, a promo supplier based in New Jersey. Like many suppliers, Jeff has been on the front lines dealing with the supply chain woes, trying to balance servic- servicing distributors while handling the upheaval in global production. Jeff, thanks for being with me today.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. So let's, let's jump right in here. I think the big top question is, what are some of these issues that suppliers are facing right now?
1: Well, uh, thanks, Chris. As, as we've talked about, Really, the big issue right now is ocean cargo. It's moving uh, merchandise once it's made in China, since most of the suppliers in our industry are importing from China, um, although the, the supply chain issues and ocean cargo issues are much broader, it's, it's a global issue. It's not China, it's mm-hmm. everywhere. If you were manufacturing in the rest of Southeast Asia or Europe or even South America, these same ocean cargo issues uh, apply. And that's really the issue. The issue is that um, supply is limited, and the demand has exploded. okay so that there are there are uh, it's a need for more steamships and more containers, um, and you just can't get them.
0: okay, and that's and let, and most people should know this already, but let's just make it super novice real quick, right? It's we make most of our stuff that we sell here in our industry and many other industries. Over there, right, overseas, and we have to get it here. Getting it here by air is extremely cost prohibitive, and um, so most stuff comes by sea. And there's just with this with with coronavirus starting, thankfully to curtail and economic activity coming back, right? We're just yeah. seeing huge demand for those for those shipping containers, as, as you say, and there's just not enough space.
1: Right. Well, the the issue is uh, global freight in general, and it's mm-hmm. not just limited uh, to ocean cargo. Uh, Most of us in the promotional business uh, use ocean cargo as our uh, our main uh, the main way to bring our goods from overseas here. But depending on the kinds of merchandise that you have, you know, air cargo is an option as well, or it used to be. But since there are no planes, no uh, commercial planes going back and forth, yeah, uh, so there's uh, much more limited uh, planes going, and there's much less ocean, much less air cargo. Uh, to put your uh, to put your goods on, and as the price of ocean cargo and the delays of ocean cargo increase, it's put pressure on air freight. Air freight, uh, as of today, has quadrupled in the last six months. So, uh, so four times ocean, greater than it was six months ago. Four times greater. We used to pay around three dollars a kilo, and we're paying um, uh, over twelve dollars a kilo right now to bring in goods. Mm-hmm. And it's that's just an air freight, and the same phenomenon is happening um, with ocean cargo. Uh, okay. The prices of ocean cargo today are literally four times what they were um, in
0: December. Okay. All right, Jeff. You and I have talked quite a bit on this issue, and one of the other things I've heard you and others bring up as well is um, the the issue of raw material costs too. Yeah. Is is that? Can you kind of explain how that factors in into this whole equation?
1: Sure. It's uh, It's the total package. Everything that could be uh, increasing in price is happening all at the same time. So raw materials, um, wood, steel, um, packaging materials, all of those materials are going up. So we've seen across the board increases in uh, prices, which we would say first class. So our direct price from overseas, uh, they're up anywhere between five and seven or five and eight percent to start with. Um, oh compounding God. that, we have tariffs on most items, mm-hmm. uh, and the tariffs range up to twenty-five percent. So you have the increased costs. We have tariffs, and now the icing on the cake is these crazy ocean cargo costs. All
0: right. So it's it's as you say, it is a it is a perfect storm of factors that that suppliers are dealing with. Or really, anybody. We should emphasize, of course, that this is not promo specific, and I think that's something everybody needs to understand. This is across industries. This is this is
1: affecting everybody. Oh, yes. Um, the, uh, the anecdote that I heard from uh, uh, a company called C.H. Robinson, they're the largest uh, freight forwarder of uh, ocean cargo from China to the U.S. Uh, one of the operations folks was telling me a couple of weeks ago that Nike was in uh, such need to, to bring in goods. They were so behind the eight ball that they literally bought 300 containers on one steamship. And they bring the goods from China to L.A. Yeah. And in December, they would have paid about $1,800 per container. Mm-hmm. And two weeks ago, they paid 17000 times 300 So they oh. paid $5.1 million for one set of ocean cargo containers uh, to come from China to the U.S. just because they needed the goods. They were in such demand.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, that there's nothing to add to that. That il- that illustrates the gravity of the situation that we're dealing with.
1: Yes, yeah, So, well, the problem is for those people who had goods planned and booked on those uh, on those uh, steamships mm-hmm. that were lower priced than the seventeen thousand dollar container, we got taken off that boat because okay. the steamships say, oh, "Well, I have three hundred containers at seventeen thousand, and your containers at six thousand or seven thousand or whatever." And so they make a business decision so that even though you have a confirmed booking on a vessel and you've told your clients when the goods are coming in, you literally don't get loaded because the more expensive container gets loaded. Total,
0: total, total instability is, yeah. is, is what that results in. So um, just just quickly, we could, I want to give a little historical perspective on this. And we don't have to go all through all the ins and outs, but just w- when did this all kind of start and, and what precipitated it?
1: So it really started, we started seeing it in December, that uh, every year, I've been with AAA 29 years, mm-hmm. every year we sign a contract with the steamship companies or a freight forwarder that guarantee, we guarantee a certain amount of containers that we'll import, and we have a contract rate. Well, in December, for the first time ever, uh, the steamship companies were not honoring the contract rate. They were basically saying that, at that rate, we can't put you on the boat. Okay. And we plan our inventory, we plan our pricing uh, based on a contract rate. So we know exactly this is what the item costs, this is what the duty and tariff costs, and here's what our ocean freight, our ocean cargo costs are. So we can put that all together and we know how to uh, put together prices to our customers. Right. So what first happened is we we just didn't get on boats. Okay. And then when we figured out that we were in trouble, we asked the million dollar question, how much does it cost to get on the boats? Mm-hmm. And we literally had 100 containers um, in, in in early January, right before the CNY, okay. that were stuck in China. We couldn't get them out. Oh and we, we finally just had to uh, pay whatever the costs were to get them moved.
0: It's just because if you don't have product, you don't have business. So it's it becomes the cost of doing business at that point.
1: Well, for for goods that are going into inventory, and we and we have such huge price our cost increases, you can pass those on to the customer, or at least some (laughs) of them, and say, hey, hey, our new price for twenty twenty one is this. Uh, But for those distributors that are importing custom items, uh, they have a prearranged price. You know we don't feel comfortable going back to the customer and saying, "Well, I know we quoted you based on this, but now all of a sudden these prices are up, and mm-hmm. we need you now to pay a different price. You know we have a contract with our customer that we honor, mm-hmm. even if each of the companies won't honor
0: their contract. that's 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 incredible. and i and I should add to um to anybody who might be watching or listening um this on the live broadcast, please type your comments in and we'll um, questions whatever you might have. and uh, uh, Jeff, or if I can myself, we'll try to answer those those questions. So, so Jeff, let's jump to another one here. Um, you know, you've kind of d- detailed this to a degree already. It sounds like um, things are getting worse, and and if that is so, what's what's driving that that kind of increase in the bad?
1: Well, uh, one, I think things really slowed down to a crawl a year ago
0: mm-hmm. when COVID
1: really hit, and companies stopped doing business, people went home, the, the country basically closed mm-hmm. and took a pause. And retailers, importers, everybody stopped bringing in goods and let their inventories uh, get lower based on the new normal. Mm-hmm. And as the economy, as the uh, COVID-19 uh, uh, had started to uh Find some solutions as they Mm -hmm. had the vaccines and Mm -hmm. people were feeling better. Mm -hmm. Everybody started buying more in anticipation. Okay. And all of a sudden, the demand for containers and for ocean cargo space outstripped uh, supply. Okay. And so, in addition to the cost going up, there's literally a scarcity of space. Mm -hmm. So, you can't even, if you want to pay whatever the price is, you can't even get a space sometimes on the best.
0: We, we have somebody trying to interject. <laughs> Live broadcast, no worries, Jeff. Well, um, All right, so, we, so, we've got, so, we've, so we've got that situation. It's, it's escalating. Um, you've already hit on this next one to a degree, but let's maybe jump into a little bit more depth because I think this is really where it kind of brings it home for a lot of people. What effect is this having on the operations of, of promo suppliers and then, you know, the industry more broadly?
1: Sure, sure. Well, uh, the first thing is price. Mm-hmm. That uh, I've seen virtually every supplier be forced uh, to increase the price of their goods, uh, both in stock as well as on custom orders. And okay. again, as we were saying, it's, it's the cost of the freight. It's the increased cost of the product. Mm-hmm. Uh, So cost is going up. The timeliness of product. Mm -hmm. We used to, we told our customers we could deliver anything in 90 days via ocean, no problem. We would have the goods ready overseas in 45 or 50 days, uh, a week to get it on a vessel and 30 days to get it here to uh, the New York area Mm -hmm. and clockwork. Mm -hmm. Now we tell people it's 120 days because we're just not so sure how easy it's going to be to get on a vessel. Um, So it's harder to get vessel space, which then makes it harder for suppliers to resupply. Mm -hmm. I was uh, on a conference call uh, last week with a group of distributors. And one of the comments was that, you know, supplier inventory, suppliers have to get more inventory. They have to be ready to be order more inventory. Well, I think that the problem is not that suppliers aren't ordering inventory; we are. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we've ordered literally 50% more than we would normally order, mm-hmm. uh, just as a function of trying to have more. Okay. And the question is, how fast can you get it? Mm-hmm. And for us, it's not a function of the factories manufacturing it quickly enough; it's mm-hmm. simply a function of uh, of moving the goods via ocean cargo. If, if the
0: and I, I think the point you just made is what I would call one of the most fundamental misunderstandings of why we've had the inventory issues that we've had in this indus, in the industry. I think there's a perception among some, not everybody, but some that oh suppliers are, are, are skinting on um, inventory replenishment because they don't want to be overexposed in case there's another downturn from 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 coronavirus now i'm not saying that some haven't do that haven't done that there's there's a lot of compa- companies in our industry but in talking with many 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 suppliers including yourself the reason we're seeing lack of inventory depth is you just can't get the stinking stuff here it's it's, mean, it's, is it's, it's, it's not that you're not ordering it or invent you just if the factory was you know um, 20 minutes from you, uh, there in Bergen County, New Jersey, you, you'd be able, you'd have, you'd have the stuff, right? So it's it's, sure. it's just a matter of where it's made. You just can't get it here.
1: The well, uh, it it here. the ironic part is that even U.S. manufacturers are having the same kinds of issues, but in a different way. Okay. Like the car companies can't get components for their cars to finish production. Mm-hmm. I read an article last week about the uh, furniture manufacturers down in North Carolina. They make the furniture here in the U.S., but they import the foam for the cartons to ship, and they can't get foam. So everything's um,
0: made. They've made it. They made it here. They're ready to go, but they need yeah. the foam. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's it it's affected everybody.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So I, I hope that 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 kind of lays out that I think Jeff is in many ways representative And Jeff, it's one of the reasons we want to have you on, because I I think you are representative of what many, many, many certainly good, reliable suppliers are doing, which is which is trying to get stuff here. But it's just that challenge of actually getting it here. Um, We also
1: think uh, Chris, that the the product mix has changed. Mm -hmm. So Some suppliers, including ourselves, um, are moving into products that are more appropriate for this time. So. Clearly, if you're selling goods for trade shows and for uh, resort wear and events, you're not rushing back and putting in huge inventories for those just yet. Okay, but there are new products uh, that that fit this time that you just don't want to run out of. Um, I was talking to uh, a colleague in a in a separate industry, and. He, he sells uh, he sells bicycles. Okay, and he said that the bicycle business was up three hundred percent since the start of COVID. Okay, and they can't get wheels. They can't get derailers. They can't right. get components fast enough. And of course, once they're done, uh, they can't get them on a boat. Yeah.
0: Okay. So again, it's a it's this is happening across industries. You know it is it is not a promo specific thing and um no. we did have uh we did have a question come in so let me um let me put this to you it's from uh david salomon and he asks uh do you think that this meaning that all the supply chain disruption will lead to a permanent change
1: in ordering uh shipping importing a permanent change yeah that's a good question so i i would say this i would say that we're in a new normal and Uh, Based on supply and the success of our economy right now, unfortunately, I don't see this situation changing within the next 12 months. Uh, So I think that for the next 12 months, this is where we are Mm -hmm. so that suppliers then have to figure out how they're going to navigate um, in this environment. I know for us, one of the things that we've looked to do is uh, take more warehouse space Mm -hmm. and have deeper inventory. And just get it here when we can get it here. So even if we don't need it right now, just order it now so that we have it, because we know um, if we need it in a rush, it's going to be virtually impossible to get it in a rush.
0: Okay. All right. Now, I don't know if this is part of David's question, but maybe it was, so I'll I'll ask it as well. Um, do you think that this leads to, to some to maybe look a little bit more for, you know, Manufacturing closer to home, and I'm not even just talking about potentially made in the USA or made in Cat. Like, do you look to the Americas at all, or there's just the supply chains not there yet to to accommodate that?
1: That's a really good question. I think uh, one lots of the components, even if you manufacture in Mexico or in the Caribbean or South America, many of the components are coming from Asia. Okay, that you manufacture with. And then I think it uh, it also depends on um, what category of product. So the the product that's easier to manufacture, like cut and sew materials, mm-hmm. I think that's more easily moved. Okay. Um, but um, anything that requires um, a whole chain of uh, sub factories, not only do you have to move the assembly factory, but you have to move everybody else that goes along with it, mm-hmm. and. I think that uh, uh, that's proven to be difficult. You know, it's funny. I think that was the plan with the tariffs. Mm -hmm. So we have these 25% tariffs as a function of incentivizing people to move out of China. Mm -hmm. So what they've done is they've raised prices, and China's never been busier than ever. They can't ship it and make it fast enough. So there uh, there is an irony there. (laughs) And. The industries, many of the industries, uh, especially the more specialized industries, just have found it too hard to move. Mm -hmm. Um, And we,
0: and you know, to your to your point there, you know, you you think about some of the techier products or certain hard good products that happen in our industry. You know, they need a component from this factory and a component from that factory and a component, and then it mm -hmm. all comes together to another factory where it's actually assembled. So there's a whole. network or ecosystem if you prefer that 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 happens in China and for on certain of these what what you might call higher end or more sophisticated build um products that g- that you just can't uproot and move to to another co- to co- country as easily as you might be able to say hey okay I think I can set up a shop or a shop a factory making t-shirts in Honduras because it, I I can I can draw on materials that are still made a little bit closer to there and and it's not as complicated to build but it's it's hard to move a supply chain. Is the is the fundamental point? Yeah, yeah,
1: I think that's right. And, um, uh, and unless you're such a large user of goods, um, in in many cases it's uh, it's virtually impossible.
0: Yeah. All right, good stuff. And um, of course, we'll encourage everybody who's listening to this on the live broadcast. If you have more comments and questions, um, please keep them coming in. Um, Jeff and I will definitely try to answer them. But um, Jeff, let's let's go to one other one now and you've touched on this to a degree. Let's see if there's, um, if there's more to it though, is there anything that, that, that can be done to, to mitigate some of these issues both on the supplier side and, and if you have any ideas on the, on the distributor side as well?
1: Well, one, um, if it's possible, distributors need to really communicate to the end user and mm-hmm. in, in the conversations I've had, uh, at least, uh, initially, uh, end users don't want to believe that they can't get goods as quickly as they can, or that prices have gone up and they don't want to hear it. They want to just sort of close their ears and say, Hey, I need a lower price. And, and that, that part's, uh, if I
0: pretend part, it's not happening, it's not happening. Right. <laughs>
1: that's very difficult. Well, there's always a less expensive item. So that's always an option, but, uh, apples to apples, you know, prices are up. Mm-hmm. In addition, as we get closer and closer to the end of the year and to Chinese New Year, the, the final straw is Chinese New Year's earlier this year. It's February okay. 1. So many of the factories are going to start to close in mid-January, okay. which is going to really compress the amount of time for people who want spring goods. Okay. And it's just going to put that much more pressure um, on the supply chain.
0: That's funny, because as as we sit here chatting, it's... it's what is it? May third, uh, two, you know, thousand two. So we're already talking about February uh, twenty. Yeah, excuse me, May fourth. It's and it's. Uh, we're talking about February of next year because that's how far out you have to be thinking.
1: Yes, we're placing orders now for next year.
0: Yeah, there you go. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, you you mentioned bringing in, you know, more inventory, even though you might not necessarily need it right away. Looking into yeah. more warehousing space. Is there any other things like that that you're doing, or that suppliers could do to 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 try to mitigate some of this?
1: Well, you know, it is it, very it's a very complicated situation um, as um, as consumers are buying more and more online and less and less in the store. Mm-hmm. Warehouse space is becoming more and more premium. Everything is coming on Amazon or Walmart.com. Everything is coming for free shipping for free. So warehouse space is becoming more and more expensive if you want office space or retail space. That you can get for you know a much better deal now sure. yeah. but uh, warehouse space is more expensive, but I think for suppliers, I think really that's the only answer. That's really the only way we can mitigate what we do. Um, we can order earlier, we can try and get our goods here uh, mm-hmm. before we need them way before and, and try and anticipate where we are, and then just just hold more inventory. I don't see a, a way around that. And in terms of the distributor, um, especially as it relates, I was uh, listening to uh, uh, one gentleman give a, uh, uh, a Zoom chat last week. And he was telling distributors that they need to make sure when they call the supplier that, that the goods are physically there. They're not waiting for them to come in or that they have a little extra time, that they're not as time sensitive because of all the delays. And if it's possible to get your customer to plan a little further ahead, um, anticipating issues and just trying to avoid them because the time is, the timing is going to be the big issue. Got it. And
0: I, I think that's a big, a good bit of education. And I, you know, and I think a lot of good distributors are, are trying to do that already. I think are, trying, like, but it's hard. It, it's, it's hard. It's hard to make that happen with the end. Because at the end of the day, if that end user is not ready to think about this until, you know, July and they need it in the middle of July, you know, it's just they, it, they just it's, you can only push so much. But I think yeah. that point is well made. And I think some some of the better clients will be will be wanting to plan ahead to make sure that they get what they they want. So to the extent possible for distributors, I think that is great advice. Try to plan ahead even more than you may have already been in in the past.
1: Yes. Especially knowing, you know, that it's just not going to go away. We want it to go away. You know, we hate it. We can't sleep at night thinking about how we're going to, you know, what what we're going to try and do. Can we bring goods to a different port? Mm -hmm. Um, Can we put them on the rail? Uh, Can we, you know, what can we do? Mm-hmm. And uh, virtually every scenario has proven to be very challenging.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, And um, that was a nice segue to what's really um, kind of my last question. It's a two part question. and that's, you know, do you think it's going to get even worse over the next few months? And then um, when do you think it might start to get better? Like I'll just I'll just leave it at that. When do you think it might start to get
1: better? <laughs> well, I, I can't imagine it's going to get much worse. Okay. Right now, in addition to the cost, Really, the biggest issue is scarcity. Mm-hmm. So you physically can't get on containers. And the joke in our office is we we call this it's like StubHub. Okay. So you book a container and you have a price, and then someone books the vessel and there are two thousand more. Then you get the call and say, "Well, uh, you've been you've been uh, they call it uh, you've been either bombed or rolled." Right. right. And uh, you if you want to pay, it used to be the premium service and now it's called diamond service. If you want to pay the diamond service, maybe you can get on. uh, We've been told through May and uh, half of June that even at any price, it's going to be very hard to get on a a vessel. So I would say that it's going to stay difficult uh, throughout the year. There may be some pockets, uh, some weeks or a month or so where things lighten up, but I don't think it's going to change all that much. at least through the balance of this year and into next year. next year, and I think it's going to get even worse again in December and January will be um, the most challenging yet.
0: Okay. Oh, it's, okay. Interesting. All right. So, it's it's maybe not the you know prognosis that everybody wants to hear, but 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 it no, but is. Right. Yeah, but but it is a, a realistic view, and it's something that we have to account account for. Right. It's something that we. But, need.
1: but it is workable,
0: right? Yeah. Um,
1: and you know the great, probably the greatest thing about our industry is our resourcefulness. Um, how everybody pivoted to PPE when regular promotional products took a sidestep. And hey, if you can't do it this way, you can you have to do it a different way. Well, I think all of us have learned to be as resourceful as possible, and we're not going to let anything stop us. So if we have to have more inventory, if we have to have you know Plan B or Plan C. We'll come up with a plan, understanding the needs of our customers um, and the needs of our company to succeed. All of us do that. So uh, I don't think anything is going to stop our industry from uh, a really nice recovery. And mm-hmm. uh, I think we just uh, have to be even more resourceful than we've been.
0: That's a really wonderful thought to end on. And uh, is there any, anything else to, to add to that or, or any other takeaways? I, I, think, I think you said it very well.
1: Well, I don't want to paint too gloomy of a picture. I just want you know to be, you know in terms of being matter of fact, it's really a challenging time. And uh, it's put all kinds of pressures on everyone. And we just have to understand what the situation is and not try and wish it away. It's real. And it probably isn't going away anytime soon. So if, if you understand that and you deal with it, um, we can uh, certainly overcome that.
0: That's a wonderful thought, and you know, all all the momentum we're seeing now in the the bigger economy is it's going great, or going great. It's going in the right direction in a in a big way, and we're seeing all kinds of recovery. and And I think that Q two for our industry is going to be strong, and three and four is going to be stronger. And I think that we just just as if everybody could acknowledge that on the back end, there's going to be these supply issues, but that they're not insurmountable if if, if you do some of these things that 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 you've mentioned. And that just as an industry, it's important to keep moving forward. Sure,
1: and uh, I, you know, I think that uh, you know, in our case, we've been just uh, uh, excitedly surprised at how fast business has uh, has moved forward. You know, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the products that we market uh, actually do well in a COVID environment. We saw a lot of outdoor goods; Mm -hmm. people feel safer um, outside. So uh, we've been fortunate um relative to other people that our goods um we're not as impacted as others and uh, those industries uh you know people are busier and like that i'm sure that's true in the bicycle industry and mm-hmm. in some of the other industries as well and uh, uh as distributors pivot to products that make more sense in this world um in this environment that uh, they'll figure out uh, which distributors which suppliers uh, have inventory and, and can meet their needs and uh, and help them succeed.
0: All right. Great, great thought to end on. Jeff, thank you so much for Thanks being for uh, us. with us. This was a really great discussion. I hope everybody got something from it. Thanks again, Jeff.
1: All right. Thanks. Take care.
0: Bye. Bye.